What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. Tonight at 4 o'clock p.m., the plan to phase out the COVID-19 eviction moratorium will be presented to full council. The proposal is being put forth by council members Nikki Bass and Dan Kalb and went to the Community and Economic Development Committee last week, where despite a very raucous meeting, garnered enough committee member votes to move forward with some amendments. Joining us to discuss our council member Nikki Bass. Good morning, council member Bass. Good morning, Kat. Great to be here, and thanks for having that earlier segment. So glad to have you here and glad that you got got to catch the end of that. Also, I believe we're joined by Leah Simon Weisberg, legal director of the Alliance of Californians for Community Empowerment or ACE Action. Good morning, Leah. Good morning. All right, Councilmember Bass, um, and we're running a little short on time. I apologize for that, but walk us through the proposal. One of the things that you and I talked about, right, is that folks have a hard time sort of following the amendment. So I'm hoping that you can walk us through the proposal that went before CED last week and then talk about the amendments and what's going to be presented this evening. Sure. So um, I work together with Councilmember called very closely with a number of experts, including Leah Simon Weisberg, who is on the show today with us. And it was really important, having authored the eviction moratorium, to make sure that we could have a reasonable, thoughtful process to phase it out. So we originally proposed a phase-out between May and August that would only allow certain types of evictions so that we could, uh, you know, start doing the outreach, the education that's necessary, as well as allow for urgent evictions. And in addition to that, Um, also making sure that when the proposed moratorium would expire uh, in September, September 1st, we would be adding new permanent just cause protection so that we could prevent a surge in evictions. So it was a very thoughtful proposal. Um, I can walk you through the things that changed based on what I heard at CED committee last week, as well as reports I was seeing on Twitter and the Oakland Observer in terms of where my colleagues were. Um, But I'm really proud to have authored the eviction moratorium because we have literally uh, reduced evictions from, you know, 6,700 before COVID to uh, 800 or so during COVID. So this has been able to create housing stability and keep folks in place. And Leah, what do you think that this means for the eviction landscape in Oakland moving forward? should this pass tonight at council? Well, I think that, um, you know, it's always been really important how we transition out of a moratorium. Um, You know, I think I've said before, the way that we poorly transitioned out of the foreclosure crisis, I think led to the housing crisis that we had um, basically up until the um, pandemic. You know, it's, I think in many ways, the, the most important part of this are these ongoing tenant protections. And I think we're really, we're really thankful the extent to which both council member Calv and um, council president Fortuna Bass, you know, has really understood how important, you know, closing, you know, kind of preventing what we're calling the gotcha evictions um, as well as uh, tenants getting evicted for um, significantly low uh, amounts of rent. And I, we're hoping that that will really make a difference in terms of, um, we never want to return to 6,000 evictions um, a year. And so I think that this is really good policy. Um, and, you know, and also 
this is just the beginning. There's a lot more work we needed to do uh, before the pandemic started, and this is an important first step. Councilmember Bass, last week's meeting was, I described it as raucous. Uh, there's probably other words that we could use. There were community members threatening violence against tenant rights activists and organizers inside of council chambers. I am bracing myself, and I imagine council is too, that tonight will be just as heated, even though it seems to me the landlords have a W here. I mean, the the, the moratorium is phasing out. Are, are there plans to, to for it to be a little more civil inside of chambers this evening? Absolutely, absolutely. And Kat, if you want me to also talk about the amendments that are being proposed, I was talking more about what I had originally proposed. I can do that. Yes, please um, do both. Okay, let me let me do that. So, um, you know, there was a lot of push at that meeting and prior to that meeting and meetings that Councilmember Kalb, Fife, and I had with um, with uh, landlord uh, organizations. Um, based on that, based on what I was hearing publicly from my other colleagues, uh, we're proposing um, a, a different timeline, which is that uh, we are proposing to end the moratorium on July 15th. And what that means, what we will get in return, is that the moratorium as it stands is going to extend another about seven, uh, almost three months uh, through July 14th. Uh, that's the big piece in addition to uh, codifying additional tenant protections. Uh, you know, there's one particular tenant protection for substantial actual damage that Colb uh, and I ended up withdrawing based on what we were hearing uh, from a couple of my colleagues. Um, I do think that's really important and we can get into that if you want to. Um, so, you know, we're also very much looking forward to the dialogue and where things end up. Um, but I'll just leave it there for now. I do want to say uh, I will be chairing the meeting uh, today. This is only our third council meeting since we have been back in the chamber for the past three years. So I met yesterday with, I've been meeting with the administration, the mayor's office, directly with the police chief. Um, I am going to make some comments at the beginning to try to reset the tone you know, when we're in the council chambers, we are conducting the people's business on behalf of the public's interests. We need to be able to hear each other. We need to have civil dialogue. Uh, we will not tolerate any threats. And so if uh, that type of behavior does uh, occur, I am going to be asking security to ask those people who are disrupting to leave. And certainly if there are any threats, um, that will be very serious and we are working on uh, making sure we're advising the public as we begin the meeting what appropriate behavior will be and i'll, I'll just say that um you know moms for housing were there their kids were there um, you both were there there were children there and so how people conduct themselves in front of children in front of students who might be watching because they care about how our government works um, People really need to be mindful of that and conduct themselves appropriately so we can hear each other uh, and have civil discourse. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I have to say, right, like, I mean, because listeners are probably saying, yeah, well, Kat, you've shut down city council meetings before, and, and absolutely, that's true. I, I have, and sometimes we do have to interrupt business as usual. I do think the way in which it's done um, 
is is what's at question here, and and the the really focusing in on the fact that folks were trying to use violence uh, to interrupt uh, civic engagement was incredibly problematic. Um, I, I do have a question, and, and we're almost at a, at a time, because one of the things to me that that is saddest about the way this is playing out, this division um, that's being sowed, is that there are actual, there are some. I mean, it's not the majority of what's happened, right? But there are some black, brown, Asian mom and pop landlords that that have been been harmed. I, I heard very clearly while folks are trying to zero in on other comments that Councilmember Fife made, I have heard very clearly folks talk about wanting to protect those people as well. Just their their real issues are sort of being drowned out by the way they're being used by corporate you know landlord corporations. Can can you talk um both you very quickly a little bit about that issue and how those folks needs can be addressed or will be addressed? Yes, I'd, I'd like well, to do that. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'll try to be brief. No, 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 time. go for it. Uh, yeah. I, I want to be really clear. Since um, since we started the eviction moratorium, we have advocated for rental relief and for mortgage relief. Oakland has received almost $60 million in rental relief that we are continuing to get out the door. That money is going directly to landlords. And last week I shared uh, the mortgage relief assistance program that is $1 billion here in California, and only a small fraction of that has been accessed by our county and by Oaklanders. And uh, that is camortgagerelief.org. Uh, so there are some resources out there. It's clearly not enough. Um, you know, I will continue to make sure that um, we're advocating for the relief that small landlords as well as tenants need. And today we will have our uh, rental adjustment program staff answering people's questions. I have made sure that they are going to be prepared uh, to give people uh, what information they can tonight as well as uh, be able to make appointments so that we can support folks. Okay, and I'm sorry, Leah, I got I to gotta end it there. I got to get to resistance or residence, but I will see you both this evening at 4 o'clock. I know that ACE Action as well as APTP are calling for folks to come to City Council's meeting or join virtually online. We've been speaking to Nikki Fortunato-Bass, Oakland City Council member representing District 2 and the Council President, as well as Leah Summon-Weisberg, Legal Director of the Alliance of Californians for Community Empowerment or ACE Action. You've been listening to Law & Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law & Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox 5. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam.